It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 25th day of September 2014. We're here with our host, Jay Basser, for the ja- uh, the Basser Hour. And uh, 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 Mr. Basser's in here with us today, and stretcher technician, he's out of Arkansas down there. Uh, and I'm Gerald Cook, I'm here in Missouri. Mr. Basser there, he's, he's from Kentucky. Yeah, he he's from Kentucky. And uh, uh, how are you doing today, uh, John? Doing good, girl. Doing good. Today's a good day. Today's a good day. Yes, sir, it is. Sun shining and looking nice out. Wind ain't blowing too bad either. No, it's doing just fine. It's a nice, steady day. The outlook is really calls for calls for good things to happen between now and the first of the year. (laughs) Yes, sir. Did you happen to hear? Well, I guess you did. You the one told me uh, that. Mr. Eric Holder, uh, what what job was he? What did he do there to, uh, for the government? Was was he a clean up guy or janitor? Or, uh, I think he was the attorney general, wasn't he? Oh, attorney general. Yeah. Well, he was in over his head, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, of course, he's been there six years. Well, yeah, that's long enough. He'd probably get in a good retirement mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, he, he ate too many donuts to stop his head with shining. I know but, we were going to do a, we were going to do some information. We started a padded show yesterday and we got, uh, had some technical difficulties and got sidetracked, so I think we need to uh, touch up on the, yeah, Some of the stuff we we've do. been working on. I wanted to want to start off, you know, about the death of the Phoenix VA, you know, and uh, of course the investigation stuff is in now, and uh, it ain't pretty, folks. Uh, looks to me the Congo House and they're kind of up at arms right now because uh, there's a whistleblower inside the IG that came out and said that the report was tarnished by pressure from somewhere and uh, uh did you hear that story Gerald? yes i did and uh it uh it's it's a sad story because uh, the information that uh the inspector general evidently was tainted and uh uh it was faulty so they can't put much faith in that, and I don't know what what their options are going to be if they're going to try and and do a a reinvestigation. Uh, I believe I'd be looking for the people that had uh, furnished them with the misinformation, uh, and. Uh, and 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 do some uh, 
see if they can't bring them to justice uh, because well, uh, that's uh, uh, that's perjury. Isn't it? I mean, you might not be in front of a court, but uh, what would that be? Uh, that's well, intentionally lying. What is your misinterpretation? Misinterpretation. <laughs> yes, I. Oh, there's Hi, guys. I'm sorry, I'm so late. Um, uh, uh, you're talking about uh, what I was hoping the subject would be on. Right, uh, right. Yeah, he made the uh, he made the uh, statement that they could not conclusively assert that any delays in appointments or treatment caused the deaths of any veterans in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have this whole statement in front of me, and that's what the brouhaha uh, happened over. Because anybody, I mean, I went through the FTCA and 1151 process. What he said was absolutely ludicrous because he didn't base it on anybody's medical rationale. And then he did admit that. And then he also did admit that uh, the survivors could file under FTCA. Uh, He forgot to suggest uh, 1151 claims, but uh, he didn't really want to get into that stuff at all because uh, he doesn't want us to know this stuff. They said that the uh, whistleblower came out and said that uh, this report was tainted because they changed at the last minute and added that statement as of a result of, I guess, some sort of political pressure because if that would have been out and the actual truth was posted, then the whole system would have been damned and they would have had to oh, start yeah. over. They'd have had to tear the VA down and start over again. Well, uh, that, even uh, Congressman Miller suggested that uh, somebody, uh, it seemed like somebody uh, leaked the statement uh, for a PR trick, uh, mm. and he believed it was a VA employee that did that, but uh, I don't know, have any evidence of that. But yeah, it was out. just to, huh? It'll come ahead, out John. eventually. You go ahead, oh, Bert. indeed it will, because uh, yeah. I'm on a lot of the um, uh, news websites, and uh, a lot of the veterans are uh, talking about you know, this issue, and reporters are digging into it as far as they can go. Yeah. But, uh, but then well, again, thinking, uh, yeah, uh, John, maybe they, later. Yeah. Huh? I'm thinking that the actions of today, uh, here in a couple of months before January, I'm, I'm, I'm believing a different entity will do the investigation. I don't think it's going to be the IG, because. I mean, you put the fox watch in the hen house, and the hen's going to get eaten. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm surprised because I read, read a lot of uh, uh, OG, uh, the Inspector General reports. The three for and against the guy. They have some devastation over the years, I think, to say it. But the uh-huh. unfortunate thing. If a, a VA hospital, or well, two minutes ago I noticed I had two new reports they just released. On um, one's on a hospital, uh, the one's on a, a CBOC a clinic facility. What they do is they simply prepare reports. They're not; they might be watchdogs, but they have no um, uh, power to. They're not police. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, they they can only report on what they say. And, uh, but in this situation, uh, it's going to get worse. Uh, 
because uh, they claim that the FBI is involved. Uh, I believe from what I've read on a lot of news reports that they are fully involved. But I don't know if you read my thing and had it this morning, John, where uh, the odd uh, information I got back on a FOIA I sent the FBI. And, right. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I won't repeat it on the air unless maybe you think it's important. I was rather surprised that I uh, I didn't get a denial of the FOIA. I told me you couldn't find any evidence of any, any investigations in his database. Right. That again, maybe there's no evidence in that data bank yet, and I was just trying to get confirmation on who they're investigating. What what banks? Um, you know, do they intend to investigate? And um, I know I can't get results yet. No, and you won't get one for a while until they uh, until they no, until they're, they're, they're exhausted. They're you know, they they got yeah. to tap dance for a few months first, and they're going to be wore up before they give any information out. So. Yeah, well, it's going to be very interesting um, because uh, you know. the FBI was never called into the VA like this before. Well, I'm thinking maybe that needs to happen because I think something that happened today, that's going to happen today, I think is related in a small part to, to part of this stuff, too. And uh, so we'll see if uh, the new attorney general can get his stack together and start helping out and straighten his mess up. We have a new attorney general. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Holder resigned today. Oh, is that what that was all about? Mm. Wow, that's a shock. Yeah, well, he's going to uh, stay I, on until, he, until the new person's up to speed, you know. But Yeah. Well, so, what a shock. I, 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 was, I had to run out, and I heard Holder's name, and I said, gee, what's going on? Thanks for telling me that. I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised. Yeah, this is slow and serious, not to be confused with fast and furious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still wondering why the uh, the chief general counsel resigned very suddenly. Nobody seems to know why he left. Yeah. Um, but from the VA, but so be it, you know. In our structure, you know. I mean, I look at things from a quality assurance standpoint, Berta, and uh, these Phoenix, anytime you have an organization, whether it be a business company or a government entity, that has issues like the VA's having. Mm. Anytime there's a problem inside a system that causes a systemic death or whatever, or say a faulty product that causes a recall or something like that, mm. you have, you know, quality assurance teams working for manufacturing, no matter if it's for the government. And that's all, that's what the idea is, the quality assurance team. You know, they investigate Boy. the problems and make charts and countermeasures and things like that. You yeah. know, anytime you have a situation of that aspect, it's imperative that if you want a full, complete investigation, you always use an outside entity like an underwriter's laboratory or the experts to Absolutely. look at the system and make recommendations. You can't have the fox watching the hen house. It's just like uh, well, other like say these automotive problems that happened over the years. You know, with uh, you know the accelerators and the switches and things like that going on. And they yeah. last for years and years and years because there was no real countermeasure to the problem because the Foxes were watching the hen house. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, oh, it's really like a claims process, too, where you might not get a fair shake unless you go outside the VA and get a, an independent, uh, complete deal of the claim. It's all related, uh, I mean, Berta. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's all a snowball effect, too, John. If it's, it inside the wrong, if it's inside the atmosphere of this planet, it's all related. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boy, but anyway, oh you know, uh, an investigation's only as good as the uh, answers it's given the investigator. And as well, good yeah. as the questions that the investigator asks, I mean, if they don't ask Bingo. the right question, yeah. uh, Bingo. You get the they're nail not going to get the right answer. Yeah. You get the nail well, on the Carol, head. You have to be. You had Berta. Oh, well, John, I was only going to add, that's what I mentioned at Harder Today. The FBI does not understand VA 101. Uh, the secretary of the VA, it's going to take him a year or two before he figures it all out. <laughs> well, not, not, not exactly. Doctor. Not exactly, okay? You have to realize, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of different terminology and, and things the VA uses, and you've got a lot of systems. But also, you also yeah. have people that are trained. It doesn't matter what system it is, okay? Uh, yeah. They can, they can go ahead and they can pick up the work and copy their, of, of, their, of their organization, like the manuals. And they can go through, and they can look at each step. They don't have to be familiar with it. They just have to have an idea of what it is. And well, you don't have to be an expert inside VA to figure out problems. Uh, well, I agree. Of course you're right, John, and you've got a good background in this. But the other day, the last hearing I saw, it looked to me like Eric Shinseki was sitting behind uh, uh, some of the people from the VA, the Inspector General. I don't know if it was Shinseki or not, but it sure looked like him to me. And I think he's one of those people who did get a lot of advice from advisors. Uh, there's manuals for everything. Where mm-hmm. Everything is controlled by regulations. Anyhow, it should be pretty cut and dried. But I just have this feeling, and I agree with Bob Walsh, that Shinseki was a good secretary, but the proper information did not get to him through the proper channel. <laughs> you know, well, and, yeah, because and that's what, I mean, I you know. personally agree with Bob too. I think you know, if you're a secretary in this organization, and uh, you know, you, you you're, you're an outsider because I mean, you know, you're appointed, yeah, and you're yeah. thrown you know, you're thrown into battle, and yeah. you know, people reject that, resent that. Yeah, so I'm thinking I, some I of the uh, other folks kind of hid stuff from him and and set him up actually. Yeah, I you know, agree. I, I I fully agree that happened, John. I think you're right on the button, though. But your Operation assessment. Clean Sweep, Operation yes. Clean Sweep needs to happen, and need to get rid of every one of them. Start over again. Boy, boy, oh boy. Yeah, that sounds uh, like get... a systemic problem. Yes, that's what it's been. It's systemic. It's like a, it's like a virus that won't go away. Yeah, yeah, it is systemic. You're right. You know, uh, uh, it's a catchy disease. It's this too problem, much hypnotism involved, and, and uh, Eric Holder uh, said in kind of the same situation in a lot of ways that uh, Eric Sinsiki did, uh, he, or Sinsiki did. He, he was surrounded by uh, subordinates that were supposed to keep him updated on everything going on, so he can yeah. make the necessary decisions. Only thing, they didn't inform him. And uh, uh, he was kept kept at a breast, you know, away from everything and shielded. And 
that that's what Boy. You know, he realized that he admitted it that that he was done under there by his own people. Uh, yep. Are you talking and, about Holder, Gerald? Holder and Shinseki. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully Mr. McDonald will understand that. Maybe he'll, you know, he's got some extra power now that Shinseki didn't really have. And he's got authority to fire. So hopefully he utilizes uh, that authority. He realizes what happened to Shinseki, so he's going to be more hands-on. He's... He's not going to take everybody's word because, you know, if the bucket's full of water and running over and you keep putting water in, it's still going to run over. Well, I've always said before yeah. now, I've always said that Congress needs to uh, set up a, uh, a uh, entity that uh, and work for the CBO and actually do the investigations themselves and audits and stuff and quality, from a quality assurance standpoint and report directly to Congress. And that takes the that takes the upper echelon of the VA out of it. Yes. No. Uh, yeah. and, and the quality control <laughs> should be a third third party. It should be it a should be a separate entity. Yeah. Should be a separate Absolutely. entity. You know, I mean, when I was going through my UL qualifications, you know, we had to take test after test after test in order to, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, because certification is not given lightly. Well, the VA has already proven that they cannot uh, uh, monitor their sales. Uh, they're just not willing to do it. Uh, they know they know what's going on, and yet they persist in letting it continue to go on, and no one's calling them the task. Mm-hmm. I think it's more... I think it's also, you know, it, I think it stretches further than the VA. I think other departments are affected by the same type of action scenarios, too. One of them being Social Security Administration. Uh, could hmm. be. Could be. Yeah. Huh. So I don't think it's just a VA-wide problem. I think it's a government-wide problem. Uh, Social Security has, certainly has its issues. Yeah, you file a Social Security claim, and eighty percent or sixty percent of the people that file their initial, initial claims have to have to go to court. And some of them, you know, meet the listing level for disability, but they still want to, you know, they can discriminate because of age. And uh, it's a, it's a, it's a headache. And of those six percent that that go to court, eighty percent of those actually get awarded their Social Security. So it's, you know, why? Something wrong with that picture? Sorry. There's something bad wrong with that picture. Yeah, boy, that, that's astonishing. Yeah. So, that's I mean, astonishing. That's, I've seen it in action twice. Boy. I picked up... uh, Oh, go ahead, John. You go ahead, Berta. Oh, I I just wanted to mention before I forget, I picked up some news this morning on the suicide statistics, which are literally the same as they have been. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this is a report uh, from uh, CurrentNews.com. They're still the same statistics. 22 veterans take their lives every day. They suicide every 65 minutes. And there was a a little bit of an interesting blog. This is a Connecticut newspaper. Um, uh, The uh, head of their Department of Veterans Affairs, Linda Schwartz, uh, made she's moving on into a different position 
But she did tell the newspapers that, uh, it's a quote, she says that there's nothing realistic about the suicide statistics, she said, because a veteran's death often does not get reported as a suicide. Right. And I imagine that might happen more than we think. Uh, well, mm-hmm. uh, commit suicide, and um, they may or may not have even been uh, a VA patient, and then the uh, spouse calls the VA up and says the veteran died or what have you, you know, for any benefit, and uh, it may not even come into play that somebody records at that point whether it was a suicide death. And, uh, of course, a suicide uh, must be um, to be service-connected, uh, the veteran must have been declared insane at the time of the suicide. Otherwise, uh, the military considers it willful misconduct, and, of course, the VA is quick to pick up on that, too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I dealt with this. A, a good friend of mine, a Vietnam veteran, committed suicide about six years ago, and uh, I tried to explain this to his wife, uh, how... the physical uh, hill she's got to climb on this situation to get uh, DIC. And then, I, this has happened to me so many times lately, uh, in the last couple of years locally. Here I come to find out she was not the legal wife anyhow. Uh, we're not a common law state. We're not a common law, John. And this, this has happened to me about four times, four times uh, oh, in the last year where somebody will die at the local, you know, I live near the Bass VA, uh, which happens, you know, and somebody will die. Somebody tells them, call up Berta Simmons right away. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll start you need to ask them, Berta. The first question <laughs> you need to ask them now is, are you legally married? <laughs> well, you know, you know, I wised up, John. I wised up on that. But one of the most important questions that I used to fail to ask is, let me see your DD-214 for a living veteran or even for a deceased veteran, uh, but I no longer deal on the phone with any of that anymore uh, because that can be uh, overwhelming. And uh, uh, you know, and this woman, the, the woman who was not the common, not the legal wife, she told the newspaper he was a Korean War veteran. And when I read his obituary, I called the undertaker up right away. I said he would have been 11 years old. In the Korean War, or you know, or something like that. I said, "What's going on here?" I said, "I know he's a Vietnam vet, so they had to uh, correct that." But what bothered me about the Korean Army? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe. But uh, but what bothered me? I mean, the wife was under uh, uh, pressure and grief stricken, but she also had some mental health issues herself that I found out afterwards. And the bad part was, John, that if she had a valid basis for a claim and was the legal spouse, she was still a wife who didn't seem to have a clue on whether he was service-connected or not. Right. And he told me one story, or two or three stories, and she told me opposite stories. So, you know, where do you go from there? You know, how do you... You cannot help someone under those circumstances. So I told her to go see the state of New York over there <laughs> on the grounds of local VA. The 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 square to Y. But, I mean, but, I mean uh, she, uh, she, uh, 
but uh, are you guys picking up an echo? Um, we're okay. Keep going, Bird. Keep going. It's okay. But, uh, but in any event, uh, that's why everyone, I mean, our, our uh, website information should be in everybody's file with their DD-214 in the event of their death because their spouse is going to need to come to have it uh, to get the straight answers, the, the real nitty-gritty. And um, uh, and I imagine most spouses could get right on with their uh, with the veteran's password if they die. You know, I don't think they that could. would be a problem. No, uh, and um, because everything no. is there that they need to know. Yeah. Well, we'll kind of flip back here. Which article and had it here? I think you might have posted it, Bert. Somebody posted about a veteran that uh, called and changed an appointment at the VA. But he's done oh. it from the grave. I'd like to have him <laughs> yeah. yeah, isn't that outrageous? I mean, these yeah. are little things, John, that happen all the time. They have to probably happen in any kind of a business or government entity, but they only add to the bad press that the VA is getting. I mean, it is amazing. I've got these Google alerts out for anything about the VA. Uh in in some respects, I narrowed it down, and it's amazing some of the stuff that I see. Um, and then once in a while, I'll get some good news about the VA. All right. Uh, you know, uh, now this new claim I, I posted it I think yesterday. There's a new claim um, form. I haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to read it yet. Uh, maybe this is a good thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, the new secretary seems to think that this new form will make things go faster. And I'm thinking, faster, you know, how does he define the word faster? <laughs> We've got, what, we still have about uh, half a million in the backlog already, if not more? How do you speed up a turtle without being turpentine? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and another thing, I can't figure out who told it to me or where I read it. But a veteran made the point that somewhere, maybe online somewhere, that the uh, electronic filing claims are going slower in some cases than when you send them a handwritten, um, uh, what's it called, the 526. Yeah, the 526. Well, the Bonnets, you know, I mean, it could be, I mean... I think, you know, more veterans are filing electronically. Now, it could be a system constipation. Mm. You because know, anytime you know you compress a computer system, the thing it, it has no choice but to go slower. Yeah. So I call that system constipation. You know, it's just, it's just, and I, I kind of predict that would happen years ago when they first started doing this. Well, well for some, something like uh, that, wouldn't they have a supercomputer or something? They what probably do don't have one, Gerald. They don't. Uh, they don't Regular. plan and think ahead. They're ro- they're reactive instead of proactive, and that that's one of the problems too. So they probably won't have something like that because they they won't you know they don't want to look in the future and see what they're going to need. I mean, if you're right. going through a lot of data and storing it, you got to have have uh, you know a lot of storage space. Mm-hmm. Well, not as much as you think. I mean, the VA claims is actually if they do everything with PDF and the files that they you know in order to file and store stuff. I don't you know you can actually. 
compress that and put that on a little disc head or something like that, or you know, it wouldn't take up much space at all. A lot less hassle than handling two million papers. Boy, uh, are they my question though, and putting it on, or are they hard if, hiding? If it's done electronically, there's no, you know, the only thing you have to scan would be your evidence, unless your evidence is electronic too. That's the perfect world. If that was to happen and kick in with the evidence and things like that, yeah. Most of your doctor's office and everything is electronic anyways. And But when you ask for copies of things, they send you copies of paper. Now, it would be better if they sent you that in, in, in electronic form if you could submit to the VA in electronic form. Yeah. But, you know, most veterans, you know, especially the older veterans, you know, they don't have that capacity because, you know, a lot of them can barely turn on a computer. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You know, so, I mean, it might be, you know, good for the younger veterans and, uh, you know, people that are computer savvy that can do things like that. And if everything was that way, I'm sure the system would be a whole lot faster. The only problem is I think the regional officers would be looking all over the computer trying to find a place to slide that blue sheet in. (laughs) 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 That's that's like a stop sign. Go ahead, Bernie. Oh, I just want to say something uh, good about the VA. <laughs> uh, well, I could I could always say a lot of say a lot things, of things, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that that's not really our modus operandi anymore. You know, um, when I posted the link to the new VA form for filing claims, they have uh, some viewers yep. that uh, anyone can download. And I was able to download, a, a, I don't know, a Microsoft something or other. There's a couple things that i got to check out. But I, I thought that was a pretty good idea because uh, I had my computer completely upgraded uh, not that long ago, but I lost my um, Office or Word program. You did? But I got WordPad, so I could open everything in WordPad. But the problem is uh, if you Google something from M21-1MR, uh, John Carroll, and I, yeah, I and I use M21. I, I've used it as evidence for all of my claims. Go to uh, www.microsoft.com, go, go to Downloads page, and download Microsoft Word Viewer. And that program oh. will kick in where you can read any Word document. Oh. Without having to actually uh, buy the program, you know. Yeah, because whatever I downloaded from the VA, it did work. But uh, Todd had had it, gave me another uh, site for uh, Apache. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I said, well, well, Apache's good. Well, I can send you a link to that. You know, I mean, it's uh, uh, something else. If you're uh, if you're still in school or if your daughter's in school, she can actually buy the, the Microsoft Office Home and Student Edition for less than 150 bucks. Oh, really? And that gives um, you Excel, Word, everything. You know, it's not the yeah. big operating program, but... You know, if you wanted yeah. to be able to, to compose Word documents and things like that, you know, you could do that. But, I mean, well, that's, that's another. That, uh, that's, it's good to keep in mind, uh, John, because when I was at uh, the American Military University, and it wasn't that long ago, I graduated in, in 2007, I, I could not have lasted without Microsoft Word and PowerPoint and Excel and the whole nine yards there. And now yeah. I can o- open up... up I can open up, every open up everything. Word, words, but M twenty one. 
will often pop up on Google where WordPad will not be such that they cannot open the graphics. And now I can open the graphics on it. And there aren't really any graphics. It's just the way that N21 is prepared online. But I'll tell you, I don't know how anybody can live without an N21-1MR. Uh, I don't have a copy of it. I just Google what I need. Yeah, you don't need and it. If you I don't like it. Huh? You don't need a copy of it. It's on the computer. It's faster to find, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, I do have a copy. It's on a CD from NBLSP, but I never use it. Um, I don't. I guess it's just too, I'm too lazy to stick the CD in. But I usually go for specifics when I Google M21. Uh, mm-hmm. Like somebody had a question on pyramiding the other day, and I've been meaning to Google that, uh, John. Pyramiding. Do you have mm-hmm. a good definition of pyramiding? Yes, I do. Oh, great, great. Okay. Now, the way the VAs look at your body, that look at your, your look at your body system. Okay, you've got uh, say so you've got uh, your brain, you've got your C spine, you've got your T and L spine, which are one segment. They go by body segments. You've got a heart. Okay, for example, if a veteran has coronary artery disease, well, that's considered uh, ischemic heart disease. Okay, and they'll be rated under ischemic heart disease. He files another right. claim because he's got a bad heart valve. Okay, hmm. even though it's a separate it's a separate issue than a coronary artery disease, it's a heart valve wow. on the same system. So what they're supposed to do in a situation is rate the highest one. Hmm. And I think they can't rate two for one because that's called pyramiding. Hmm. So, or anything. Now, for example, if you've got, if you've uh, got spine uh, problems, okay, spine. I'll touch on that because, you know, that's one of my issues. Uh, if your spine problem, say you've got... Uh, spondylosis, which is arthritis, or you've got disc problems, which is, uh, you know, you've got, uh, there's two different entities there. The disc actually control your nerves and their cushions. The spine is arthritis, is bony tissue. However, you really can't be service-connected for both of them unless you, uh, you know, you have to be ready for invertebral disc syndrome or traumatic arthritis. Now, if one affects the other, you have nerves affected. So they won't pyramid and give you two, like a disc and a, and a joint issue, but they will give you the joint and the affected nerves. That's not considered pyramid because the nerves to, are to be rated separately. So whatever that nerve issue relates to, say if you've got uh, carpal tunnel or, uh, you know, things wrong with your shoulder and your arms because of nerve damage from your neck, uh, then they have to rate that issue. And I've got a 100% rating by itself for one of those issues. Huh. So, that's see, that's, that's an explanation. Yeah. So you know. That. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad I asked you that, John, because uh, this show will be in the archives if anybody has a question on pyramiding. Mm-hmm. And it came up recently. It had it. And yeah, well, um, I I didn't have a clue. I've seen the word, but I don't know what it means. You know, as far as the A goes, he explained it. Yeah. That's why, you know, you see a lot of things like that in VSs. I can't race up because it's pyramiding. You know, you look at the issues. And if it's on the same body, you know, the body segment, yeah, they can't do it. You know, and it upsets people if they can't do it. But they're supposed to give you the highest rating, okay? You know, that's something that's probably, I'm thinking that could be the lowball effect there. You understand? Yes, yes. 
you know. So, for example, if you if you got a six percent rating for ischemic heart disease because your ejection fraction is what you know is is fifty uh, percent or, or less, but and you've got a, a valve problem that causes you to pass out a lot, you know, which one is the highest which, rating? Hmm. You know, either way, it don't bode too well for you to measure well because that. you're not going to be around long. Hmm. You know, that's the issue. You know, which is. Uh, which is the best rating for the veteran. And the veteran has to understand that, too, you know, because you can push. You know, if you know if you know what's wrong with you and you know how it compares to the ratings of Title 38 Part 4, okay, yeah. and your interpretation is really there should be an interpretation of this because it's a flat-out reg, okay? It says if it's this percent, it's this percent, you know. and But I've seen... Yeah. Denial letters or lowball letters saying, "Well, well, this and that," you know, and they they hire these creative writers to write this bull crap, which they do. I've seen them hire people. I know, you know, they try to interpret things a little bit different. Here's that word again: interpret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you're right. You know, I mean, veterans have to understand their disability and the rating formula uh, because that is how VA lowballs. Right. You know, so, well, it's the lowest one, and uh, your evidence might put you into a much higher rating. Folks, uh, I want to tell you something. If you listen to this show, there is no VSO that's going to tell you that information. They're not going to tell no. you about the regs. They're not going to tell you that at all. Yeah, the only no. way you're going to find that information and learn this is go to www.edit.com. I'm going to run a commercial. This is Jay Basser one of the hosts for Hatted Veterans Radio and the Ask Basher Show. I wanted to pass along an important message to the members of Hatted. Hatted has kicked off a fun Hatted campaign. Hatted has been helping veterans navigate the VMA since 1997. Hatted's owner, T-Bird, needs your help. The expense of running a big site like Hatted is steadily increasing while the operating revenues have been decreasing. For these reasons, Haddad has kicked off the Fund Haddad campaign. Remember, Haddad is not a nonprofit organization. Please give what you can, as no amount is too small. Your support is greatly appreciated. Help us to keep Haddad around, because without it, where would our veterans be? Personally, I'd be still stuck in the VA quicksand. Just click on the Fund Haddad button on the forum page to support Haddad.com. Thank you. Jay Basher. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Yeah, anyone out there that would like to call in, our call-in number is uh, 347-237-4819. Our call-in number, once again, is 347 Two three seven four eight one nine, and don't forget to hit that donate button when you go to the hatit uh, dot com website. Uh, every little bit helps, so we appreciate whatever you can, whatever you can give. Uh, uh, there, there's no minimum, no minimum amount and no maximum amount. <laughs> Uh, so, 100% of it goes to the functioning of, of the website. No one affiliated with Hattit that's, that's 
or would accept any fees for their services. It's all volunteer work. That's right. And if anybody asks you for fees, uh, especially if you're doing the initial claims process, don't do it. That's true. that, my friends, is against the law. Okay. Uh, back to Berta, what, what's your take on the uh, um, on the, the Phoenix VA scandal and the IG report? Do you think the report is tainted? Do you think uh, something else needs to happen? Uh, the IG report? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was uh, a whitewash. Uh, whitewash. In a lot of respect. Um, uh, and to get back to that report and the FBI... Uh, my, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I made this point on the air before or not. Uh, the FBI really doesn't know where to look or what to look for, as far as I'm concerned. They're going to have to figure that out. And uh, I gave them information where to look and what to look for. Uh, the VA's got a lot of uh, things uh, stuffed in the closet. I call mm-hmm. it dirty underwear. <laughs> you and uh, some of it, it, I think the attempts to hide this from the public are deliberate. Uh, I used to think, oh, well, some of these things are just uh, human error. But uh, after Phoenix, I'll tell you, John, my whole, uh, I became very depressed. My whole outlook changed in a lot of respects on the way the VA does business. Uh, I feel that I personally have been... um, victimized by the VA many times, but I don't care about that because I can fight back. Uh, the only thing that matters to me is having the right evidence. That's at some it. point, uh, yeah, at some point they can do whatever they want to me. I'm going to succeed anyhow. I don't care about uh, some of the stuff that they have deliberate attempts over the years to um, um, prevent me. And, 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 and you guys know all about, all about it. Now. I mean, yeah. Uh, and I've always been an outspoken critic of the VA, too. Uh, but I figure I don't have anything to fear because if they took away my DIC under one theory, they'd have to pay me under two other theories. So, you know, but a lot of veterans are afraid to speak out because of their compensation. And this mm-hmm. is wrong. You know, we, we shouldn't be living in fear of the VA. Uh, but they have created that fear here. In assault. In assault. Um, uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, I meant, mentioned to Gerald about, I think, about a month ago. I, I was no, pretty I, upset about Phoenix. It was deja vu all over again for me, knowing they killed my husband and they were trying to say, oh, no, you know, oh, he would have died anyway. You know, well, that never worked with the VA. But uh, not everybody has a legal background like I did. And then I developed a medical background in certain areas. Certain areas. A lot of people lot can't of do that. Uh, they don't have the time, and it's it's very difficult to study medicine. It really is. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the VA, um, uh, the smoking gun is yet to um, come, and um, I, I'm hoping that part of my revelation to the FBI will be part of that smoking gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, like I say sometimes, if you pick at a scab, it'll bleed. I mm-hmm. have learned that the more you dig, John, in something, and I learned this from my own claim. I've worked on my di- diabetes death claims 
for the entire six years the V8 bartered around with it. Every week, I picked out that claim, look at it again, and if there was anything I overlooked, if there was any other potential evidence I could uncover. And I did that for six years. And it's amazing when you take the time to do it, what you find out. And that's why I know stuff that the FBI needs to know. The VA knows it, but they're not going to make it public. Um, I used to believe very strongly, and I've said this before, uh, that the malpractice statistics of the VA are probably no worse than uh, the non-VA medical community. I mean, all hospitals have problems with malpractice or negligence um, for a lot of reasons. Um, But now I'm beginning to believe that the way the VA is set up, they may may well uncover well, well, what I told the uh, House Veterans Affairs um, at Miller, the chairman, in a letter, I feel they're going to find out that malpractice statistics are a lot worse than they even thought because the public does not know where this information is. Uh, they really don't care unless it affects them. You uh, just hit the nail on the head, Berta. With what, the public is The public is not aware... Uh, and our public, you know, they're uh, they're they're led by the press, you know. And uh, if yeah. it's not advertised to them, they're not going to know the issue. But let's yeah. change it around. Let's change it around a little bit. Put it in a little bit different perspective. Let's say uh, this is not the VA that's in question. Say it's uh, uh, something like another health system, you know, like uh, you know these places have got these chain hospitals all over the country. And so they have the same thing happen. They have people dying because of appointments, wait times, and things like that to get in. It's not related to the VA. However, personally, I believe that you couldn't watch TV all day long because the attorney commercials want you to come in and sue them. Yeah. It'd be Boy. a lot different. Yeah. The FBI would be involved. It, people would go to jail. You're right. I believe you You are absolutely right, John. Yeah. You're so, absolutely you know. right. And, I mean, let's face it, say John Hopkins got in trouble. Well, I think they've been sued a few times, and, you know, all these, uh, a lot of hospitals have been sued. You're right. The public, you know, what bothers me about our public, I call our public at times a very ungrateful nation because they really don't care much unless it affects them. If they have a veteran in their family, then veterans' news might affect them. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. something like what you're talking about, that could really affect a big segment of the population, uh, people like me uh, that are affiliated with a, a private physician and a private hospital. You know what I mean? Practically mm-hmm. everybody I know, if they're not a veteran, they're not going to the VA. They're 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 depending on private uh, medical care. And, um, yeah, you raise an excellent point. And, well, that uh, goes into the passive-reactive, you know, yeah, statue yeah. again. You know, we're passive. But, yeah. It's like it's like Pearl Harbor, you know. We were passive. We wanted to produce the military, and, you know, they wanted to live their lives they're living, which is not a bad thing. I mean, you know, people got a right to live in peace, but, yeah. you know, when the Japanese yeah. attacked Pearl Harbor, the attitude has changed. And, uh, oh, so oh just, indeed, indeed, yeah. It's the same uh, thing for 9-11, you know. We were... You know, nobody yeah. wants to be involved, but when it hits, it hits. That's, you yeah. Know, and, but, 
if you're not reactive and you're and you know if you're proactive, you know you can catch some of these things. You know, you, know, you I mean, it, we're kind of funny looking there with your pants down below your ankles and and and, and you're tripping over your pants because you get caught with your pants down. Yeah, yeah. You know, be proactive. You know, in the long run, you'll save money. Yeah. You're right. People have to be proactive. Um, uh, You know what? Uh, My my email just clicked, and I forgot to mention something else. Uh, I didn't read it yet. Uh, A policeman, a a VA cop, just got arrested Mm -hmm. somewhere. (laughs) Did you read that, John? No, I didn't, but I'll be reading it shortly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, and the, and this this is a bad part about the VA being involved in a scandal. Everything that breaks is new, you know. Uh, without the Phoenix scandal, a lot of people would just take this as the normal status quo. Oh well, you know things go wrong. But uh, I get this stuff uh, uh, every day. Um, a police officer at the Charlie Norwood Veterans Affairs Medical Center. Uh, Where's that at? Arrested, uh, Augusta, Georgia, I think. Um, I'm opening up the whole email now. Uh, And I'm going to try to see what he did. Oh, it's the Augusta Chronicle. Augusta, Um, okay. Is that in... um, That's Augusta. Is that Georgia? It's in Georgia, yeah. Augusta is the second biggest city. Well, one of the second biggest city in Georgia. Yeah. Oh, it was just a misdemeanor charge of marijuana possession. <laughs> oh. It don't matter. What's he doing with it? He uh, yeah, work. I, I know. Mean, I know. Uh, maybe the Jeez. Denver VA, but... <laughs> Jeez. Oh, and then they've got a related story here. This hopes even better. Actually, goes to VA director paid $76,000 after they retired. And now I'm waiting for that story to pop up. That must be something I missed. Uh, Rebecca Wiley, the former director of the Charlie Norwood Veterans Affairs Medical Center, was paid more than 75000 when she retired last October, one week after Congress began investigating her administration for its role in nine preventable patient deaths in Augusta and Columbia, um, uh-huh. Georgia, I think that is. And, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, what happened to that story? That's not new news. That's old news. Yeah, uh, the nine news. preventable deaths. Yeah, um, but that's the power to keep it out of the press. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, something's up. Something's up. Something's fishy. Yeah, they've even got more stories here. Three confirmed dead because of delayed care at Augusta. Uh, delayed for forty-five hundred appointments results show uh, harm at Augusta VA per memo. I, that's pretty wild. Yeah, well, I haven't. That's not that yeah. big of a VA. Boy, huh? You know, that's not that's not that big of a VA system, though. I mean, you've got Atlanta, but you know, Gus is. Uh, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. That that you know, is trouble. Smaller VAs, are, you know, smaller VAs, yeah. you don't have that type of problem. So. That's, well, uh, John, I understand, uh, and you probably know much better than I do. I understand Phoenix is quite a big system. Phoenix is big. VA. Well, yeah. you have to realize Phoenix is is the Tampa of the West because you know Arizona's weather's real nice, and a lot of veterans retire and go there. Boy. And 
personally, I wouldn't go there because they got too many snakes. But uh, and junk market is too hot. But uh, you know, um, it's just like you know Tampa, Florida, because I mean you got the snowbirds and and population really increases. Yeah. You know, I mean people yeah. people are going to go where the weather's nice. So you know that's the reason they have such a higher veteran population than anybody else. And, uh, you know, they could have fixed that. They could have built a bigger facility, and they could have staffed it accordingly. Boy. You know, so, uh, again, that's reactive instead of proactive. You know, that's not thinking ahead. That's thinking behind. And then you wind up with uh, people getting bonuses for, you know, meeting appointment times and wait schedules, and they make up this little... This little uh, backlog tricky, tricky list and showing people get their appointments and stuff, and so they can get their bonuses, which they're, you know, they're putting money in ahead of the veterans' care. And any time that you've got money involved, no matter if you're at the VA or if you're fishing a bass tournament, even you know, people's going to try to cheat to get that money. Boy, because there's money involved. That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> it's been happening for years, folks. It, 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 it's not. It just didn't. It just didn't start yesterday. I mean, you know, people been people been manipulating, trying to get money for years and years and years. And that's why we, you know, we even have some people that know there's VA money out there and they try to get their hands on it, and you know, they file fraudulent claims and stuff. You know, right. and that's a bad aspect of it. But you know, it you know it is what it is. It's true. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's but the you know, issue. Uh, John, it seems like the VA did clean up the fiduciary system pretty good. Uh, uh, as far as I know. Yeah. I still think yeah. we're trickling in. You know, we've got some couple of local yeah. issues here where uh, somebody was bilking veterans out of money. So uh, Yeah, they were. You know, <laughs> I mean, they were picking fiduciaries that were convicted felons. I can't believe yeah. it. You know, I, I can do a background check for about $150 and get everything I want to know about somebody. Their whole yeah. nine yards. Why couldn't the VA do that? Or maybe they yeah. did. did uh, and just said, well, background check is awful, but, well, we need uh, fiduciaries. We'll give it to this guy or that woman or what have we you. Just, here locally, we had a firefighter that uh, was uh, drunk here. Weekend before last, last weekend one, and he... Ran into he ran his vehicle into a building and hurt a couple wow. of people and he took off and they started digging into him and found out that he he had a big criminal record and they hired really? him. Really? Yeah. So it's uh. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. I was. Is this a volunteer department? No, no. This is a paid department. Oh, uh, I was with a volunteer department for eight years and believe me, they they tried to check backgrounds on even volunteers. But then again, uh, it costs money. And volunteer fire departments, most of my job was trying to figure out how to get more money, <laughs> you know, for their oh, yeah. equipment and uh, the hosing and uh, lights on the engine. Skid row. Yeah. When you run a land on the bottom of Skid Row, it's hard. Yeah, boy. You know, because most of our stuff donated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We but used I mean, to have it's... great big fundraisers, too. It's... Uh, uh, I, I give volunteer firemen a lot of credit and paid departments because they do work hard. My dad uh, passed away. He got he got to ride in the fire truck. I think. Oh, He kind of helped out with the fire department a little bit, and that's uh, that's one of the jobs I did in the Navy. And uh, so you know, yeah. I mean, it's uh, of course, actually, I was 
21 years old, out of the, just out of the Navy. I took the state arson investigators test in Kentucky, and ACE scored. They told me I was too young. <laughs> oh, no kidding. No kidding, John. Did you go to um, the, the Earl Naval College in New Jersey? No. When, oh, uh, my husband did when he, he was in the Navy uh, for a short time. He was primarily the United States Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he he took with extremely extensive uh, training, and yeah. then after that, he became a, he was a nuke. Uh, he worked for a nuclear uh, power plant, and yeah. of course, the Navy training at the college was, you know, very helpful uh, in uh, all the biohazard stuff they had to do. Uh, yeah, ours was in uh, ours was they, they got another one at San Diego. Oh, oh, okay, okay. San Diego, yeah, boy, yeah. I thought it was extensive training. Very extensive training, especially when you was yeah. in the submarine service. Oh, think <laughs> of that—a submarine with a fire. Yeah, that'd be ah, okay. John, oh, that's almost—that's um, horrible to consider. Well, if you don't have it out in a few minutes, you're dead. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, when you were talking about. Uh, Pearl Harbor, I was thinking of the mini subs that the Japanese were uh, using, you know, on a suicide mission. That It's a oh, pretty yes. fascinating, uh, fascinating that's how, that's how we got POW number one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Boy. <laughs> and you know, to this day, he is not listed on anything under, uh, under that little, and uh, they got like memorial to the submarine force. And yeah. That guy is not listed nowhere. No. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Because he was captured. You know, the ward sunk one of them. In all these yeah. years, they called they, all these years that uh, the press and everybody called the guys in the ward liars because they, they said they shot and hit a submarine. Yeah. Just, uh, a couple yeah. of years ago, they went down and found it. They and found sure enough, it. The ward yeah. Shot it. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I tell so you. Of, yeah, so kind of justified. Yeah. And one of the actual, one of the actual sailors went down to it and look at it. Boy, what's uh, it say? Uh, two, two or three man subs or what? Uh, two man, wasn't he? No, they're three. Boy, there were three. Yeah, Japanese mini subs. Boy, and they, uh, they still think some of them ships that uh, went down there in Pearl Harbor was caused by. Uh, uh, one of them subs. Well, they never know because the torpedo they use was called the long lance torpedo, and oh. many subs have been accounted for, and uh, most of them still had the torpedoes in them. Yeah. Uh, most of the damage was caused by that long lance, which is the it, it was a bad torpedo. And you know we didn't take it. The only we took that factory out when we blasted Nagasaki. That factory got hit. Yeah. That right. was, you know that factory was protected. But that was the most accurate torpedo in the war. If Japan could use their submarine force the right way, it'd have been a lot longer war. Why? Elrich sure would have. Well, Gerald, we got about Boy. a minute and a half left, but I want you to take us home. All right. Well, Berta, we really appreciate you coming on. Well, I, I'm and, glad uh, I could, Gerald. Let's, uh, uh, you know, let's go ahead. Well, sure. We're sure lucky to have John Basser with the information that he gives us. John, you're superb uh, <laughs> because you covered a lot of issues today. And you are uh, the head cardiologist at Had It, that's for sure. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Gerald John is excellent on any cardio question, and um, he knows his stuff on that. So, oh, I uh, know it. Uh, yep. Plus he, the pyramid, he, and the way he explained it, it that's good because uh, I've seen the term, but I never thought of it much, you know, and it came up recently, and uh, so he gave us a nitty gritty there. And I just want to highlight, too, that I, I'm so proud of the, uh, the radio staff because they all donated to T-Bird to the site. And I hope everybody uh, had it, you know, they're listening in. Please help us and do your part and keep this great place going. Keep oh, the ship yes, afloat. Sure. Yes, keep her yeah, going. We thank you for that, Berta. Uh, John, appreciate you being on here and having the Master Hour. Stretch, we appreciate you there. Uh, uh, certainly couldn't do it without Stretch. And uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, hit that donate button there on the website. And uh, we hope you all enjoyed the broadcast and hope to see you back here next week. This will be Gerald Cook with the Haddock Podcast. We're signing off. <laughs>